This is the Bushwick Variety Show, and I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types. I'm pleased to share with you this special edition of Bushwick Variety Show, featuring a conversation I was honored to participate in with NBT, the National Black Theater. It's part of NBT at Home Founders Month celebrating the legacy of Dr. Barbara Ann Teer, who founded the company in 1968. This conversation happened last Thursday, and there's another one happening tonight, if you're listening. Tonight's July 2nd at 5.30 on Facebook Live. The conversation tonight is called Black to the Future, Building a Tomorrow, a discussion about envisioning a new future and exploring how to create radically free black spaces. The conversation happened tonight features former I Am Soul residents, Follow National Black Theater, that's Nat Black Theater on Instagram, their website, nationalblacktheater.org, or on Facebook, the National Black Theater Institute of Action Arts, to see future and past editions of NBT at home, and for more information about I Am Soul. Links are in the show notes. So last Thursday, and uh, you can find the show notes on bushwickvarietyshow.com, um, Instagram, all that other stuff. So last Thursday's conversation liberation of a people the ritual of resilience which was expertly moderated by chelsea d featured original national black theater company members ayodele moore and ade Faison. the writer and director of last summer's 125th and freedom ebony noel golden and azuzu shishi dance who was a cast member in that production with me I'm still buzzing from that conversation, so I'm very excited to share this with you. Thank you, Shade Lenthcott, Jonathan McRory, and Nia Farrell for making space for these conversations to happen and allowing me to share the conversation that I got to participate in. I love NBT. When you go to NBT um, online or in person, you receive the message from Dr. Barbara Ann Tier, welcome to your home away from home. I don't know what my future work with MBT looks like exactly, but I know that my work is not done and I look forward to being of service to this great legacy. And if you're listening to this, if you're a black artist and you're like looking for a place, just know that you have a home. If you listen to this conversation and you get inspired and want to get involved, donate or support MBT in some way, then this episode is dedicated to you. So, this is NBT at Home, Founders Month Edition, Part 1, Liberation of a People, Ritual of Resilience. Let's have a conversation. All right. Can y'all hear me okay? All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. think we've got the go. So welcome, 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 everybody. <laughs> welcome to NBT at Home. Founders Month edition. We're celebrating Dr. Barbara Ann Tier. Why, why just celebrate it on a day when we can celebrate it all month long? So for the next four weeks, I'm gonna be having conversations with some of these just amazing, I mean, just all the hyphens, all the slashes and dashes, all of the art entrepreneurial goodness. We're gonna be making like a brain trust almost to think about what does this next 50 years look like? And we've got some amazing folks in the building tonight to help us build into the into the future. So welcome everybody, giving everybody 
lots of sending everybody lots of love. All right, so I'm gonna start with uh, some introductions here. I'm Chelsea D. I'm gonna be moderating this chat. At, basically, what that means is I'm gonna be asking questions and then taking lots of notes because there's just so much goodness to be to be gained here. So that's what I'm gonna be doing. Uh, and to my, I'm gonna start with Ebony Noel Golden. My my sheer delight, yes, snaps all the snaps. Hey, um, just so wonderful to have you here. Um, it, please check out everybody. Check out our NBC's Facebook page, our Instagram page. There has just been a release of some wonderful, just really beautiful footage and interviews with Ebony Noel Golden based on her piece "One Hundred Twenty Fifth and Freedom," which we're going to dig into. So please check that out. And this is Ebony Noel Golden. Much, much love. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read your bio. <laughs> Ebony Noel Golden is an artist, scholar, and culture strategist. See, now that's, that's what I'm talking about. Culture strategist <laughs> from Houston, Texas, and currently based in Harlem, New York City. She devises site-specific ceremonies, live art installations, creative collaborations, and arts experiments that explore and radically imagine viable strategies for collective Black liberation. I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, checking all the boxes of all the things we're going to be talking about tonight. So welcome, Ebony, welcome. All right, I'm going to move on to Alec the Third. I just want to make sure we, we, we recognize this is the title, Alec the Third. So excited to have you on this evening. Cast member, cast member, 125th of Freedom, um, and also just an amazing artist in your own right. And I'm going to be reading your bio right now. All right, so joining us, we have Alec the Third, Brooklyn-based actor, singer, and creative producer, originally from Seattle. Alec played Kona in last summer's National Black Theater production of 125th and Freedom. He has performed on screen in TV, films, commercials, and web series, has a soul band, I Am the Third, hosts a podcast called Bushwick Variety Show, which this will, be, this will also be on, so please check that out. Cross-promotion, y'all. Um, and you and Alec collaborates with artists and entrepreneurs in innovative ways to produce and share work. So welcome, Alec. See, we got to get the arts and entrepreneur in the mix. This is important. Here, honored to be uh, back at MBT virtually, yeah. but you know, still about the spirit. So good to be here. Good to see beautiful black faces. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, and now we want. I want to introduce you to she, 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 she dance. Um, just you can see just the vibrant energy just radiating from <laughs> she, she. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna read your bio because everybody just needs to know who 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 we're here with and who who what you all have done, what we have created, what we have generated. You know, I think Founders Month is the time to really celebrate all the seeds that are planted. You know, this is a harvest. All right, she, she, native of Chattanooga, Tennessee and resides in Harlem, NYC. She is a gospel blues singer and musical theater actress. She, she's debut with NBT was in 2019 with 125th and Freedom as Big Queen. Okay, and that's in all caps, y'all, Big Queen. <laughs> 
which changed her life and perspective as a Black woman. She has performed on the Apollo stage twice, uh. sings for music under New York, concerts in motion, and the Jealous Fates Band. She, she is the writer of Hound Dog, okay, all caps, Life and Times of Big Mama Thornton, a solo bluesicle about the blues legend Willie Mae Big Mama Thornton. Oh, oh. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now, all the skills, all the skills. See, this is what we need. We have to have a multidisciplinary approach. So the, the, so the folks I just introduced are next generation. They are future future visioning forward the next two people i'm going to introduce were there for the creation of the national black theater alongside dr barbara ann tier in 1968 and 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 prior maybe i don't know you all will correct me um but we so i'm so 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 excited to have you in the building iodeli i'm gonna begin with you Iodeli Laverne Moore joined the National Black Theater in 1968. Okay, so when you see the when you see the T-shirts that say a black woman created this, established 1968, Iodeli was in the building. Okay, that's what we're talking about right now. <laughs> she credits the foundation of her joyous life to working with Dr. Barbara Antier and Frederica Tier, who expanded her community in ways she continues to experience today. For decades, Io held various staff roles at NBT, including teacher, liberator slash performer. We're going to get into that. That's a special title. Liberator slash performer, fundraiser, assistant to Dr. Tier, and manager of the on-site restaurant. Okay? Arts and entrepreneurship. Her years with NBT were filled with travel and recognizing the power of using Black culture to celebrate, heal, and transform the world. Following her tenure at NBT, she retired from a career in corporate America. Today, Iodeli runs her own business. She's a certified feng shui consultant, biofeedback technician, and ordained celebrant. She has in-depth experience in energetic purifications and spiritual arts. So, I mean, thank you. Thank you for being here. I <laughs> thank you thank for you. asking me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And then to to round us off, we have Ade Faison, who met Dr. Barbara Antier in 1969 and inspired him to become a student of God conscious art. Remember that phrase? Because we're going to come back to that. <laughs> God conscious art. Up until 1995, Ade as a liberator helped innovate theatrical art forms, performed in NBT's productions, and became a guide for tier technology of soul workshops and entrepreneurial artists program. We're gonna talk more about that too. And Ade managed the touring program. After the fire in 1983, Ade advocated for elected officials, stakeholders, and corporations to invest in NBT having a new building and later spearheaded the campaign to rename Fifth Avenue, National Black Theater Way, and its corner, Frederica L. Tier Square. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for laying down the foundation. Thank you for coming on back, okay? 50 years, decades later. I mean, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Uh, so generally, we like to start this thing off with a, with a check-in with the artists. I've got some check-in questions here in the chat. 
Um, we want to do an accessibility check-in. So are your accessibility needs being met? You know, how can, how do you need any support to be in this space right now? How is your body feeling? How are you, how are you doing? Um, the next thing is give us an update. Are there any projects you want to shamelessly promote? You know, any, any, anything you want to tell us about, please this, this, let us know. How can we support you? Next check-in question is, Share one connection that you see between 1960s America and 2020 America. And last question is, how has working with NBT changed your art making process? And shall we begin with Iodeli? Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I don't know. I, I, I heard the questions and then they just kind of like went over me. Um, so ask me again, please. Okay. I'm, I'm really excited so, yeah. to be here. And so I may be a little nervous. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. I will ask you every question. Just answer it. Okay. Accessibility check-in. How are you doing? How, how are you doing emotionally and physically? Um, um, I am really good. Uh, I, uh, I was just in Harlem. And mm -hmm. I always love being in Harlem. I mean, it just is, I, I have so many fond memories. Mm -hmm. So I'm well, uh, and I'm well because I know that no matter what is going on around us, that we have something sacred inside of us that allows us to thrive. So, mm -hmm. uh, and I recognize the suffering, I recognize where we are, but, you know, I'm on solid ground, thank God. Mm, mm. And I think you answered most of them. Are there any projects you're working on that you want people to know about? Well, uh, I, I have this new project that I'm doing. It's called Wake Up With IO that I actually have people call me or I call them to wake them up to start their day in an energetic, spiritual uplifting day so that's my new project nice <laughs> nice um and how has working with mbt how did how did that change your art making process your creative process well i think that's what it did is it connected my creative process so it took it out of my head and mm. put it in my heart and if you will my body mm. so that when i met dr tear uh I, I always joke and says that she took my God out of the sky and put him mm. inside of me or wow. me, rather. And so that it becomes a, a very real growing and learning experience that I was taught that still serves me today. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I owe. <laughs> Shishi, shall we move on? Sure. <laughs> well, I'm doing great. I am safe, healthy, energized, and ready for whatever our newness will be when this is over with. Very ready. <laughs> All um, right. Um, I don't really have any projects coming up. The only thing I have will be won't be until October because I'm trying to lay low and see mm -hmm. what's happening. Yes. Um, October third, whether it be virtual or live, I hope mm -hmm. to do a showcase in preparation for Christmas gigs, hopefully. 
(laughs) So, you know, just thinking, I'm like trying to put stuff off and trying to wait to see what's going on. Um, If um, I think the question was MBT, was it 1960 compared to now? Oh yeah, so the 1960s America and 2020 America. Where do you see, do you see any resonance, similarities? What I see is change is coming. Hmm. It's time for a change, it's way past, but we are going to make something else happen. We've Hmm. been trying and we've been trying and we've accomplished some stuff, but I feel that we're gonna accomplish something so much bigger now Hmm. and Hmm. more unified. Absolutely. It's not about yeah. this section or this town or this city or this family. It's about all of us together, mm. united, mm-hmm. making a change. Mm. And how has MBT affected your art making or your creative oh. process? <laughs> MBT has just given me new life. I feel mm. like I could see, but I see a whole lot better and oh, wow. much clearer. Now, I don't see what's directly in front of me. I see what's in the future. I see Hmm. what I can change, how I can contribute more to make us a better world and a better people. Mm. Wow, rock on. I'm here for it. I can dig it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right, Alec, Alec Third, let's check in. How you doing? Yes, yes. Uh, Similar, I'm super grateful to be healthy. Um, I'm grateful to have invested and found a lot of community over the past year mm-hmm. so that when this shutdown um, happened, I wasn't uh, looking, I wasn't feeling, I didn't feel alone when it happened. I felt mm-hmm. like there was community for me to reach out to. Um, and just that's kind of been the big thing that I've come to value uh, over the past three years. I, I've always valued it, but um, yeah the last few years have really uh deepened that and mm-hmm. nbt and last summer 125th and freedom was huge mm-hmm. uh you know i always wanted to work at the national black theater but i didn't know what it was until i came here and i didn't know uh that it was created for for black artists to come and have a home and so just kind of knowing that and being welcomed in there does so much and so for me right after 125th and freedom um they were looking for a few more people to join the black arts institute they reached out to jonathan mcrory and i was like i think i need to to be there and so then i was there with that community um and yeah i feel like the stuff that happened last summer is just gonna keep keep uh keep growing keep blossoming um and it's hard to process at all but there's like there's no end to the growth and just what it meant to me so i'm super grateful to be here now um yeah excellent and what about 1960 and 2020 uh so it's really interesting 1968 up to now um a lot of our leaders were taken from us in in 68 um, one of them I've been thinking about a lot lately, and I think about a lot, is uh, Fred Hampton. He was taken in, I think, 71, 72, something like that. Um, but he, like, that kind of was the end of, like, a era in some ways, as far as, like, community 
organizing, like the, the Panthers were all about that community organizing. And to know that like the movement kept going in the arts is really good, specifically with NBT. Um, and I do feel like there's been a bit of a disconnection for a while, but right now I have great hope in what's going on right now. And especially like with the youth, so I think one of the big things right now in this discussion is like, how, how do we bridge what happened before to what happens right now? Cause it's kind of history repeating, unfortunately. Um, what happened in 1968 also happened in 1868, unfortunately, like reconstruction and the first civil rights act. Um, so we have to look at our time right now and make sure we, learn the lessons and, and connect the elders, the youth, um, my, my generation and these guys coming up, these young folks coming up, like I have so much hope in them and I'm so proud of what they're doing. So yeah, it's just a hopeful, but also turbulent time. So I think it's a great time and an important time for artists to, to use their voice and try to change. Absolutely. Thank you, Alec. And any projects you want to tell us about? Uh, nothing specifically. Um, I wrote a new play during this time and I've been okay. working on staying sharp and exploring my creativity, uh, but right. nothing's certain right now going forward. So I'm just looking to collaborate and I'm doing that, but it's not on a specific thing. Mm -hmm. um, there Absolutely. are maybe some things happening, but we just don't know what the timeline for things are right now. So yeah. I'm just excited to grow and yeah. And any content generation right now is really is really a a, a gift. Yeah. Um, Ebony, what it do? How are you doing? Let's check in. <laughs> I'm good. Um, I'm so good and very grateful to be able to say that. Um, mm -hmm. My heart is good, my spirit is good. Um, I'm feeling very cared for and held time. And um, grateful to be cooking all my meals. I, was, I haven't done that in a long time. Every meal, every meal. So um, yeah, I've been calling this time a time of breakthrough. Um, and you know, there, there is a lot coming through. And um, I feel like the best thing for me to do is to stay home and to work from my kitchen table um, and to, you know, and to bring positive, positive energy into this moment. Um, a lot is coming through. And so I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about that. Um, to Alex's point, you know, um, I'm thinking a lot about the 60s right now. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking a lot about the 60s because um, I think it's important to remember what people have done in the past mm -hmm. in order to overcome, in order to celebrate, in order to rebel, in order to build. And I think the 60s, you know, the, the late 1960s is a ripe time. But mm -hmm. that, you know, for me, looking closely at the 1960s has opened the door for me to look at what was happening before because it, things just didn't pop off, you know? Um, mm -hmm. A lot did, but it was because organizing and activism was happening before that. Right. And in particular, um, 
Um, I have been reading a lot about June Jordan and um, June Jordan was, was uh, building, you know, this, this architecture called a sky rise in Harlem that was really, I mean, I could talk a lot about it. I won't right now, but really thinking about how Harlem as a neighborhood could be in deeper collaboration with Black liberation. And uh, interestingly, or not so interestingly, it was on the heels of, you know, a young Black man being killed. And Harlem, you know, rebelled. And then there was a lot of this visioning that happened. And June Jordan's Skyrise um, Mother Plan, is what I'll call it, was one of the, the one of the things that came out of that time period. So I, I am, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about that. And as Alex said, you know, 2020, 1960, 1860, the, the, the journey for liberation and freedom and sovereignty is, is you know, constant. It's, it's a constant conjure. And so um, that is, that's definitely where my head is in thinking about, you know, what, what is the future if we really understand the past. Um, and that's what my projects are about right now, to be honest. Like I am, I have been lucky and blessed to be working virtually on developing two pieces. Um, and one of them is situated here in Harlem and looking at a Harlem, I, I think I'm working on a trilogy, a Harlem trilogy, but I'm on piece number two um, right now. And the other piece is, is uh, in collaboration with Weeksville Heritage Center, looking at the founding of Weeksville, not just the historical founding, but also the work that happened in order for Weeksville to be a portal for agency and liberation of Black people. And so those pieces are slow simmering. On Sunday, we have... Um, um, what I've what I've created as a, a virtual or digital salon um, called Free Conjured Black, and um, it'll be on Weeksville's website and YouTube page. So we're we're definitely a crew is working um, slow and simmering. Um, let me see here. Yeah, yeah. I would need a three or four days to talk about NBT's impact on me. Like. This, this may not be the platform to do that, but what I will say is, you know, I, fin I, I find it to be a blessing to live in Harlem. Um, a little black girl growing up in Houston, taking my little dance classes, all I could think about was one, Debbie Allen and Felicia Rashad, who also grew up in Houston. But also, how do you get to, how do you get to Harlem like as an artist and it it felt like Harlem was Neptune for so many years and so what I'll say you know and, and to keep it brief is that MBT is for me um medicine it's a medicine that um has been has helped me to actually sit up straighter as a black woman, um, to be bold in my art making. I could go on and on, I could go on and on. And it really started years before um, this, this project. It really started years before just even knowing that a person named Dr. Barbara Antier existed and did what she did and then co brought community together and the liberators did what they did. That's enough, even just to know it happened. 
um, affirms that it can happen, it can continue to happen, that there are these, uh, what, I'm, what I'm starting to call these black liberation biomes where life, where black life can thrive. Um, and that, and black art can thrive. And it doesn't have to be reactionary because of something or someone else, but we can be visionary in our creative, in our creativity. And we can take up space with that. And I'm, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop there. Right. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> Whoa, yes, yes. You're giving me some language that I can, I can use as we vision this mother plan, okay? Let's get it together. All right, and the last person, last but not least, uh, day. Let's do a check-in. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Give us some updates. Is there anything you want us to know about? Let me start with the end question and giving all praise, trust, and honor to the creator of us all, God, Allah, Oludumare, et cetera, et cetera. I think uh, I came to National Black Theater unconscious. Uh, it was the original Last Poets and Barbara that I saw on TV. And they were doing a poem called Die Nigga Die. And Barbara was doing some commentary. And I got inspired to come to Harlem, which I was scared to death to come to, even though I had relatives in Harlem. But all I could think of was um, poverty, rats, roaches, and so forth coming to Harlem. And I went against that, all of that fear and came to Harlem and it became my home. Uh, you're talking about, you're talking to someone who used to live above the, <laughs> I used to live in the theater, <laughs> above <laughs> the box office. You remember that? You I yeah. mean, that was my, no water. my cold water flat, right? <laughs> and um, I gave up the career of being an aerospace engineer and um, for something to bubble up in me. I didn't know what it would be, but I knew I wanted to be of service. And so I came to National Black Theater. And when you talk about God conscious art and creating a black art standard, I was actually reviewing some of the, my manuals and notes that I'd taken back in 69 and 70, if you believe it or not. And um, I could see that vibration was very important back then and it is still now. I'm actually in conversation with people about this virus versus vibration. The virus having a low vibration and us as godlike having a high vibration. If we want to get through it, we just got to keep our vibration high and nothing will ever, we will be invulnerable to it. Thriving and surviving. That has been a um, conversation uh, of liberation. Uh, I can recall having a, that we had a, a book list that was a page long. And uh, in this work, in all these readings, I think artists are brilliant people, by the way. Um, we span many uh, realms of knowing. And it's, it, it makes us whole people when we can see so many aspects of what it takes to live. Some people say I'm a psychologist. Some people say I'm a doctor. Some people say I'm, I'm a janitor. But I tell you, being in theater, you get to do it all and be it all. <laughs> I mean, my greatest, my, I think my greatest thing was that I knew how to clean toilets, you know, wherever we went. Um, 
I knew how to set up chairs. I knew how to do lights. I mean, everything that was needed in theater, we were about about it. And it was nothing we, I mean, I can remember going down in the basement and hooking up the electricity when the electric bill wasn't paid up. You know, I mean, that was my greatest gift that I knew something. Don't tell Con Edison that though, you know. Um, but Nabi and I and Ayodele Adeyemi, Abastola, Zuri, Hassani, Bernard, I mean, <laughs> whew. Huh. Being familiar, being getting familiar with the past is important. And being aware of the predictable future is, the, is important. But what's also important is being present in the now. And if there was anything that Barbara gave us in this God conscious art was being connected to the creative force in the present. I would say Barbara was a, a budding um, a quantum physicist. That what people are talking about today, she was already talking about it back then, but wasn't using the language of physics and science. But she was very clear about stepping into blackness and that blackness was a space of creativity that you could produce beyond what who you identified yourself to be. And that was the idea of the black art standard, that we would go beyond the, the, the we would go beyond the, the way people pegged us, whether we were niggers, Negroes, militants, nationalists, or revolutionaries, to another identity that had us embrace all of that and not be any of that. We could be in it, but not of it necessarily. And that became, for me, what has influenced my entire life and the way I give back to people these days as an educator, as a course leader, as a trainer with Unlocking Futures, with in uh, Unlocking Futures, that's the group, um, the business that my wife co-founded and that I've been a part of for the last, whoa, <laughs> what, since 95. <laughs> I get to be an old man here. Does that give you a sense of um, what's going on? Yes, yes, incredibly rich, incredibly rich. And I just, I kind of want to bounce off what you were, build off what you were saying um, to get us into the next portion of our conversation, which is thinking about when Dr. Tier, it blows my mind because I thought I knew Dr. Tier's story and, and, and you know, she was a dancer and then she went into creating a theater, but I didn't understand the intricacies of all of the consciousness that was evolving in her over the course of her training and into creating the National Black Theater which she was, she exploded my mind in the sense of she expanded what does it mean to make theater? Like what is theater? And theater being able to encompass so much of the culture. Like you were saying, you can clean toilets, you can fix lights, you can write plays, you can, you can take pictures. I mean, there's so many ways that you're being invited to participate with the theatrical art form specifically. So I think that's just such a, a wonderful jumping off point into our conversation. Um, Dr. Tira wrote uh, an article for the New York Times. She actually wrote a few, uh, and I'm, re I'm, I'm, I'm reading a specific one. It was called Theater, um, and she talks about what this National Black Theater experiment is, and she describes it as, for in fact, we are a multifaceted institution, an educational institution, which uses the theatrical experience to decrude or decrud ourselves. Decrud, mm -hmm. decrud mm -hmm. ourselves and to help reverse the process 
of negative thinking. So I wanted to talk about what is this decrutting process and what would she, what were the core tenets and Ayodele and Ade, I'm looking to you both specifically about this. What were the core tenets of the technology of soul and and, and the experience that Dr. Tier was, was trying to create and ended up creating for us in Harlem in 1968. Go ahead, Ayudele. Go ahead, Ayo. <laughs> oh, you're on mute. Do you have me? Yeah. Better? Yeah. Yes. So um, Barbara started the National Black Theater uh, so a little bit of back history. Barbara was with um, the group theater workshop, which was that she co-founded with Robert Hooks. And uh, they were going in a different direction. And Barbara, after talking to her sister, Frederica Tier, decided that if she really wanted to influence her art, she had to own it. And so we have now the National Black Theater. So, and Barbara did a lot of study and research. And so she, the decrutting was really to get to that pure essence inside of each of us. And what's happened with us here uh, in America, you know, we, we, we lost some of that because we were, we took on identities that really weren't true to ourselves. And so she was interested in how do you return to that pure energy and um she said you could see the energy in the black church because it's a whether or not, and it has nothing to do with your belief in jesus but it's the energy and that energy is a very refined energy it moves people so that the people jump and shout you see the same energy in an aretha franklin in an otis redding and so she said that could be learned that you could decrud yourself so that you could become this instrument to transform lives. So first you'd have to transform your own, which was a process. And then being that instrument, you could be on stage and, and people would, and until so we didn't do proscenium arch theater, we actually went out into the audience because the audience is a part of the production so that people would get transformed just by whatever it was that we were doing. Uh, and so that's kind of like the basis of it. So decrutting is like going through. And in the early days, she did uh, the cycles. So there was the nigger, the Negro, the militant, the nationalist, and the revolutionary. And so it was like going through the different stages of evolution, of evolving, and as Ade referred to earlier, raising one's vibration. So if you can raise your vibration, there's that ability to attract and transform. I remember I would sit, I would sit in the audience in, <laughs> with a funky old uh, overcoat on as part of the audience. And uh, then I would start catcalling from the audience to the, to the liberators on stage and people would want me to get out of the theater because, you know, I was probably, somebody was, I snuck in, they didn't realize I was part of the show. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, oh my God. Some of the things that we did to turn people's heads around that 
we are a community. I mean, one of the first things, one, the revival that we did was hitting the, Kaba, the Kabakas. You remember the Kabakas? Um, yeah. The Kabakas, and they had this uh, leader. And then the leader was trying to clean up the community, but the drug dealer was also there on the street, but he turned out to be the, the leader, the Kabaka's leader's brother. So how are you gonna get rid of the, the drug dealer when they, and the, the, you, you, you see how it was messed up. And that's the, um, oh my goodness, the, uh, the idea was that we are a community. So how are you gonna X somebody out when that's your brother or your cousin? We all one community trying to survive that we needed a higher vibration when we brought in Oshun, who was a, a deep from, from the Yoruba tradition into the space so that people could see there was something else to go for rather than the trinkets, the material. As these days, what we, we would, what, what quantum physics would be called the particles of light. But what Barbara was up to was raising us up to be a wavelength, to be the waves of life rather than the particles, because it is out of the wavelengths, out of the consciousness, the God consciousness, that creation shows up, that something new can show up. Yes, so um, <laughs> when it came to uh, <laughs> liberators, uh, us becoming uh, the involvement from the cycles into tier technology. Mm -hmm. I mean, we started training people to be actors, be performers in life, not just so that life became the stage in which you were always performing on. You were, what was important is for you to be authentic. So if we were looking at creating a, a character, we would look for the seed inside of us that would bring out that vibration of the character that we wanted to be. That, is that pretty much what it was, Ayadeli, we would swallow yeah. the seed. Yeah. You know, like the, like the nigga seed was, I, I, I don't need you. You know, I don't need you. Don't touch me. <laughs> you get enough of that going on and you, you become, you put on some tight red pants and a wig on and some big red lipstick. I mean, girl, you, you, you would be formidable. You know, but nobody want to touch, but everybody would want to touch you because you'd be so, Woo, so good, you know, so much wanting to be touched, but you can't be touched. That that move, that moment between, oh, it's so good and yet it's so bad, you know, that that moment between the pleasure and the pain was what Barbara kept calling soul. That was the moment of soul. And to reach that was a was a power of preacher rhythms, you know, the power of uh, the iambic pentameter, which she likened to be the way that um, Muhammad Ali danced in the boxing ring. You know, I, this was all connected for her, and it became connected for us. Okay, <laughs> was that? I'm thank. What? That's just rich. How people are writing things down. <laughs> you know, because this is class. This is master class. And um, I, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk yet, but I just want to just say, you know, the space between pleasure and pain is so, what to do with that? I mean, mm. that is to me, and, and I feel like we need a bit of both, I, I, you know, mm -hmm. and it's a place where respectability gets, you know, really thrown out the window. I'm just... Mm -hmm. I, I never heard it articulated in that way. Thank you for saying that, Ade, because 
I, I feel like, you know, sometimes the expectation to be one or the other mm-hmm. and not really mm-hmm. deal with what is in the in-between, um, mm-hmm. what to do with soul, like what is the usefulness of soul beyond dancing to James Brown music mm-hmm. uh, and having rhythm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for that. Yeah, and, to, and what she was about was what is it that James Brown has in his arsenal that allows mm-hmm. him to yell like that, that allows him to dance like that. Mm-hmm. So there is, so she was getting to the root of that. And that's what you can have a company be. You can have 50 50 James Browns on the stage because you've got 50 people who've done the work and it will look, it will, you will get that vibration and people will just go crazy. Is soul black spirit? Like is soul black spirit? Like what? Yes. 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 And we were born with that. Yes. 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 Ebony, do you see like any any like overlaps between what you're hearing the description of Dr. Tears' creative process and your own creative process working on 125th and Freedom? I mean, I would be so so blessed to to be able to say that's I'm 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 getting there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it is it is a spiritual pursuit. Mm. Uh, it's not an, it is not an artistic pursuit at all. Mm-hmm. The process, I mean, this, this cycle, I remember, okay, I'm jumping all over the place. Let me finish one sentence at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope that if I am able to continue to study and work and learn in community with people who are interested in being liberators before being artists, that my, that, the work that I'm able to be a part of creating gets to some of that kind of depth. I, I would hope, I would, I'm, I am hoping that I am learning from my ancestors and my elders how it can be possible and what to do, you know, in community. And you know, oh, you're trying to reach the vehicle. Uh oh. Um, the thing, the thing that I am really, um, um sitting with right now is in this moment is what the artist or the liberator or the aspiring liberator has to do to decrud i find that some in some of the spaces that i'm in where art is on the table or theater making is on the table that often the decrudding there's no time for it in the production process there's time to do two hours of table work and then set the thing mm. and go. And there's something that I feel like is an investment in people's longevity in both directions, from their ancestors to the, who's coming after them, to invest in their decrutting. And I think one of the benefits of it is that artwork can happen, impactful, transformative artwork can happen and happen blackly. But I also think that, you know, the process of expanding one's life. Now, here's the thing. When we took, a, when we took class with Ayo and Ade, they had way more energy than anybody in the room. Some of these yes, people half their age or less Let's than Let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, seriously, worked us under the table and we were just... <laughs> 
all right, we got to sit down, right? And so that, I mean, that's been created over a life, over a lifespan of de- determining what is most important to your soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, I mean, they didn't have to say that. It was just the energy that filled the room. We walked into that energy and we were just, just like, oh boy, what have we signed up <laughs> What have we signed up for? And some of the activities really were, I think, trying to get some of that, I would say, calcification off the soul. Mm, mm. Calcification, you know, and I'm still I'm still dealing with what that what that lesson can be for me now, you know. Mm. Not just the artwork, but just the thrival work that Ade spoke to, you know, from survival to thrival. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. Hopefully one day one day okay but i also would <laughs> yeah, say yeah. one more thing and then i see i'm mm-hmm. gonna move back mm-hmm. i also would say you know I'm, i'll be honest that this is not a professional theater pursuit you know mm-hmm. working to save my life through my creative expression is 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 a is a spiritual pursuit and i'm mm. very grateful that there is a blueprint there is a mother plan there is a legacy of people who are still doing it so we can see the impact mm. that it can have. Grateful. Uh, uh, I say, I say that the liberator, the job of the liberator is to liberate the spirit uh, so that the creative process can show up in everybody. Mm. As I say, these days, everybody has a throne to sit on. Yes, and what we can be about is the Holy Spirit's work which is to guide the person to that space where they can let go of the past, but know about it and let go of the predictable future, but know about it and be available for spirit to take it, to, to guide them. Tell them what to do, what to say, where to go and, what, and who to say it to. Mm-hmm. That's what, for me, it's about. And um, uh, the, the thing that Barbara, you gotta know that she was political. Freddie Frederica, okay? When you talk about uh, Alex, um, Fred Hampton, uh, can you imagine being in an apartment and in walks Frederica and um, Eldridge Cleaver right next to her, all right? Yeah. Imagine that elk of people that we were with. Um, that, that Angela, I was reading in the ritual, we did monthly newsletters. Um, this is a one of them. Remember this Ayadele? This goes way, way back. The oh yes. yes. <laughs> and uh, Freddie has an article in here about uh, in one of the monthly newsletters about Angela Davis, which was her, who is her good friend. I mean, we were politically engaged. Um, I think we call ourselves cultural nationalists. I don't know, but I mean, we were engaged with uh, Minister Farrakhan. We were engaged with the Panthers, we were engaged with the Mau Mau's, we were engaged with the Negro Church and Dr. Butts, we, I'm not to say that the Negro Church, but you know what I mean, we were engaged <laughs> with the sanctified, holy, Roly churches, I mean, deeply going in there with assignments to participate, and to be with the people in a way that they, we could see that we were one, so we weren't going in to observe, we were going in to be a part of the ceremony of church, getting down, getting the Holy Ghost, rolling on the floor. <laughs> but that's what we were up to. We wanted to be, if you could say, we wanted to be as black as, 
expanded as possible. That's how come we went back on the Middle Passage. We went back to Haiti. We went back to Guyana. We and from the and from the middle and from the islands, we went to Nigeria. We went to Benin. We went to Ghana. We went the back on the Middle Passage to see where all this come from. So it's a big, it's a study, y'all. I mean, it's a PhD study. She had her doctorate way before whoever gave her a doctorate title. You know, <laughs> they all got doctorates, you know, for the work that we have done, and. Uh, so this idea of liberation and God conscious art is, uh, is huh, what can I say? I, I'm just thrilled that the opportunity in speaking with Shade and Jonathan to bring this work back to shake the dust off of it. I mean, you know, I tell you one of the important things for me would be to have a library of Barbara's work Ooh. available. All right. Yeah, yeah. When she passed, I thought it was the Schomburg, but I say no, 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 no to the Schomburg. With the idea of digital, everything online, we could create a library, a digital library of Barbara's mm -hmm. unpublished yeah. uh, revivals and rich. We're going to say, Aida, go ahead. I wanted to read something that Barbara wrote, and I wanted Ebony to listen to this because I wanted her to hear herself in this. So, can I do that? Okay, so Barbara says, we must begin building cultural centers where we can enjoy being free, open, and Black, where we can find out how talented we really are, where we can be what we were born to be and not what we were brainwashed to be, where we can literally blow our minds with Blackness. The white establishment does not have the time, knowledge, inclination, or intelligence to do our research Come for on, us. Man. And yeah. furthermore, yes, it is not their responsibility. Mm -hmm. It is ours. Yeah. Besides, the man has reached a dead end creatively, so why should we continue to take our problems to him? Amen. He can't even solve his own problems. Hey! So let's get him, brothers and sisters, Turn your minds and your feet around well, head for home yes, and home yeah. of you, and it is our rich history. Yes, yes. <laughs> My heart. We, in, pre in preparation for 125th and Freedom, we were able to have a session with these two and plus some others, and still now my heart is just beating rapidly because that energy, I'm, I don't know how they do it, but you just feel it and you take it all in. And I feel coming to MBT and having this session with them, I feel like it was the first time, and we said these words in the session, I am here, can you see me? How many times in our lives have we had to step back or not be seen or not be heard? I feel like at MBT, that was the first time I was like, I am here. Can you see me? I could say it aloud without having to step back, without, you know, just letting go of everything and being me. And still now, I still feel that energy listening to them talk. And that's what I want to share with other people, just sharing that energy and giving it, giving that light to someone else for them to shine and giving it to the next person so they can shine, so we can all shine together as stars. Yes. They win. Cool. I'm here for it. 
<laughs> well, we, we, I mean, this is like, oh, this is a feast. Um, I, I do have some questions from the live chat that I will be posing to you right now. So let, let me pull those up. Um, but, oh man, that's such a, I mean, how can we get these collected writings and her musings and her voice just comes through so clear in mm -hmm. these articles and documents. It's so, uh, okay, here's the first question. Uh, this is from Kim. When is 125th and Freedom being published? It's not the same as the experience, but the poetry was amazing, amazing in all caps, and I would love to just sit and savor it. So what, what are your plans, Ebony, for the next iterations of? Um, there are no plans for another iteration of 125th and Freedom as it stands. Um, I would love for it to happen again um, if the right opportunity presents itself. The poetry, um, I don't have any plans to publish the book. And I, I have to say that the reason that there is an actual book is because of Jonathan McCory, um, <laughs> who, who pushed me and urged me to write, write the book um, for the piece. And so uh, I don't know. And um, I'm, I'll leave it there. I, I do not know. Mm -hmm. uh, any presenters or producers, holla at me. Publishers, <laughs> presenters, producers, holla at me. And, and just on the note of, of, of 125th and Freedom, I'd love to hear from Shishi and Alex, what was it like for you to be a part of this performance? Um, and it's a very unique performance style. Um, I don't know, Evan, if you want to speak to what, you know, if there's, an, if what, there's a name that you're calling it in particular, but there is a, a ritual element to, to everything. And you were both, um, Ade and Ayodele, you spoke about being liberators in Dr. Tears Ensemble. So Shishi and Alec, did you feel this sense of responsibility to, you know, be conductors of energy to conjure, to move people along. How, you know, what was that experience like for, for y'all too? I don't know, Shishi, if you want to start and then we move to Alec. I was, I was fortunate enough to participate in the many workshops before the actual casting of 125th in Freedom, which was a whole nother enlightenment and liberation <laughs> um, for me and um, lots of education. But going through all that, it really helped prepare me for when we were an actual cast and how to take on all of Ebony's work. It was a lot. I mean, if you just walk in and you just look at it, you're like, okay, what are, what are we doing? I don't, I don't understand what is going on, but I'm glad I got to participate in the workshops because seeing all these little pieces come together as one and being able to share it with so many people on the street, words just can't, I cannot put it into words or how to explain it. But if you were present, even for a portion of 125th and Freedom, you walked away a different person. And that's what I'm so thankful for because the people that I knew that came, not all of them could stay for the entire thing, but they would say, I only got to see this small part when are you doing it again so they could catch up it's and still talking about it to this day it's absolutely amazing what came out of her brain <laughs> put on paper and what 
we helped to create together was phenomenal. Yeah, and I think um, it's just really magical listening to all of this because I think when you hear this and you just listen, there's like a direct through line of everything, like Dr. Barbara Ann Tears' work, through what Ebony was doing, and then through like why we were all there specifically. Um, one of my mentors, uh, her name is Dr. T, Dr. Tiny Pepper Waits, and she teaches um, in the ritual poetic drama and African continuum style. And I think like a big thing of like decrediting is you can fight who you are, but you won't win. Um, so I think it's really important and the work is uh for me really has put me back on a path that I think I didn't know that I had like strayed away from um as far as like the purpose of the work that we're doing and it's interesting the character that I ended up playing Kona like gets way off of his path in it um so yeah so for me it was super powerful to be a part of this this process um and for me like through the process like i said like there's revelations that keep happening now but in this time of like shutdown and like introspection one thing has become just even more clear to me is that yeah one of my deep purposes here on this planet is to make art and to try to affect change with that art and that's like the most important thing um, and like who I invest with the most um, is my people, my home. That's where it starts. So to share that and to share that with everybody that walked by, like I know that everybody who saw it got something. Some people roll with us the full five hours. Um, some people came for like a portion of the journey, but wherever people joined us, like they were part of the journey. And that that's kind of the our journey. That's like our struggle that's our celebration also like it's a it's a continual unfolding so it's hard to articulate all of that but um <laughs> it's profound and it's still it's still like it's still happening yeah and yeah. and ebony said it would would keep happening um and it has so oh good good well, thank you. I I just actually got a message from <laughs> from the from the powers that be that I have to wrap this wrap this thing <laughs> up, um, which is totally unfortunate because I definitely <laughs> had a lot of questions. Um, but don't worry, we're here for another three four weeks. Follow our Facebook page, our Instagram. Check us out. Um, well, we're gonna circle back to this arts and entrepreneurship conversation because I think that's the that's that's one of the next steps in this path is so how do we do this how do we build these systems these institutions and what are we using to really um fuel that so um oh this was just so rich and wonderful and i'm so i'm so glad and so grateful that everybody was able to join us um thank you to everyone who tuned in uh circle back next week follow us all on social media check out what we're doing um we're going to be back we'll be back around so this is mbt at home founders month edition signing out so that was mbt at home founders month part one tune in tonight 
on National Black Theater's Facebook page for part two and subscribe, follow them, um, go to nationalblacktheater.org and leave a generous donation if you um, if you have that those resources, please do. Um, thank you very much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. If you want to support this podcast, you could subscribe, rate, review, share. Um, I also just started a Patreon page um, and know that I appreciate you. So thank you very much for listening. And yeah, that conversation, some other conversations I had last week, it's just been really clarifying time for me in these very turbulent times. I found a whole lot of clarity. So I hope that you find your clarity of purpose and do the thing, the things that you're meant to do. You're meant to have an impact. You're important. Um, So find your voice and use it. Thank you very much for listening. I'll see you next time. Peace. We're going to set you free.